It'll be on the screen, but as Brian says, if chances of you going to heaven are far greater if you bring your Bible to church. And so uh, we want to definitely make sure you have that, have the Word, at least know where to go when somebody mentions a chapter, a book and a chapter, right? Acts is in the Old Testament. Okay, just so, no, I'm just teasing. To see if you was paying attention. Somebody's like, it is? Yeah, they moved it last week. Um, it's where I'm reading from is on page 1083. Okay, if you're wondering what page number it is. All right. Are you glad the Lord is good to you? Is He good to you? That's what Brian's trying to ask us, and we're trying to say, is the Lord good to you? Have we seen Him do good things? This particular chapter in, in Acts, personally, I could read it every day. I have never gotten tired of this particular chapter because it means so much and, and for where we are in life, and it means so much for the information that's in this particular chapter because it bridges a lot of gaps. It goes in a lot of places for us. One of the things I want to challenge you this week and at the end of the service, remember I told you I was going to pray for you, that we asked for people to fast and pray this past week, because one of the things we talked about last week was that when they laid hands on them, they prayed for them, and they had fasted and prayed for them, and they sent them. Today, I believe the Lord to send us into our community to be greater men and women of God than we've ever been before. Amen? And so that's what I'm, my prayer is. And so we can look at this, but we can look at real life and look at stuff in real life. So I believe Danielle has them on the screen there, Acts 10, 1 through 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. And a few months ago, Brian ministered on this, but I wanted to just reiterate this particular part. I believe the Lord directed me. He was a centurion of the band called the Italian Band. And isn't that cool? How many Italian people we have in here? Come on. They feel like they're, they, you know, you, that, that no one uh, can be as suave and move as good as an Italian person. They can just fill the room. I worked for a man that years ago that as, he's an Italian man, and his name was Rocco. <laughs> and if you looked up the, what an Italian man looks like in the dictionary or encyclopedia, it would have been his picture. You know, jet black hair, thick mustache, huge hands, and he had the accent. He was from New York. I mean, it was the, everything you could ever imagine. It was him, you know. And, and every day when I would go to work, I was working at PTL, I'd go in and, and he would call me some weird name. And I said, what is this about? You know, and then uh, I said, that's not my name. Why are you calling me all these names? He said, because I can you know, I'll just call you whatever I want to call you, and you just come. That's all you need to do is come. And then one of the things he did to me years when I was there, I said, I thank you for, I appreciate that. He said, hey, thank you, don't pay the bill. Just put it right there, son. If you can't put nothing there, it doesn't work. So this guy was really amazing, loved God. I mean, truly loved God. When uh, at the end of his life here, he was battling cancer and and I was, Cheryl and I were living in, in Malden area at the time, and I'd come to Rock Hill to see him. And while I was there, I went to his room, and like I said, he was a, just a stocky guy. <coughs> Hands like twice my size, but shorter than me. Just, and uh, he was just skin and bones. 
And I went and I was just like, wow, how do I pray for him? How do I minister to him? And the whole time he was praying and ministering for me and speaking the promises of God over me in, in that moment of probably the last days of his life. And I, it's just one of those things you remember. It's really great. Now, I do want you to know from time to time, I have been known to be one to play pranks. Anybody ever play pranks on anybody? Um, anyway, with this particular man, like I said, just massive hands and, and, you know, I knew at any moment he could call, you know, somebody in the family and then I would be gone, um, that type of thing. But uh, he was always picking on me, so one day I decided to get him back. He had a coat on similar to this color, and he had it on a, a stool at where we worked. I worked in the printing department. So Cheryl had some Estee Lauder perfume. And I brought it to work. And so on his jacket, I sprayed all the inside of his jacket. And so he was, uh, and it was strong. And so he put it on. He went on to the restaurant he went to that day for lunch. And the lady, he was there, oh, this is what I like. He was the type that would get his pie before he would get his meal. You know, so he's ordering. And, and he said, okay, you got anything else? She said, no. But I want to tell you, you smell very pretty today. <laughs> and what was funny, he came back to the shop where I was, and there's probably 7,550 people in that area where I was working, and he came directly to me. I can't understand why, but I still remember that moment. But whenever I think of the Italian band, he's the man I think about. But the thing that stood out to me most was his commitment to the Lord. But as he was there, and, and, and Cornelius is in his house, He's a devout man, and that means a lot to me because in this day and time, we need to be devout. We need to be men and women with good character, you know, following after the things of God, not because of legalism, but because of who lives inside of us. Amen? And so some of the things I want us to see and hear about this man. He was a devout man, one that feared God with all of his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, about the ninth hour, which is about three o'clock in the afternoon, an angel of God coming to into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he had looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. Father, speak to us today in a way we can understand. Speak to us, Lord God. Encourage us. Give us direction and give us something, Lord God, today that will stick with us. And Lord God, so that in those times and moments that we're looking, wondering, questioning, Lord God, you will speak in such a way that it will literally pierce the darkness around us and illuminate our heart with you, Lord God, and what you're wanting to do. For God, for Lord, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. In our day and time, if somebody uses the word, trust me, what do we do? We put up a wall, right? But we need to understand we don't need to carry that mindset into the things of God. When the Lord says, trust me, we need to what? Trust Him. And so I want us to understand that today, and I believe God's going to speak to us in a way that we can trust Him. And I want to speak to several areas of our life today that I think are very important. And I want to identify them. 
last week I talked about getting out of our groups, out of our comfort zones, and only being around people who are like us. You remember that? So many times we want to minister to or go to church with only people like us. We need to understand we need to bridge and go further out than people like us. We need not to have any barriers. Can anybody say amen to that? We don't need to not share with someone because of how they look, what they have on their body, their skin, how they dress with their hair, how they do anything. We don't need to isolate someone because they don't fit in our normal category of what we think a person ought to look like. And that's hard. Sometimes that's hard. It's easy to look at the outside, and we've talked about that. You know, the Bible says, man looketh upon the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. Because once the skin is gone, the clothes are gone, the skin is gone inside, we're all the same. Exactly the same. So in that, we need to be willing to go beyond those borders and walls that society and life and everyone has told us is what those are. We need to be willing to go beyond that. Can we say yes to that? So here is Cornelius in his house, and he's got his family and those that work with him. Some of the things you'll pick up on the story that's really amazing to me is as he's praying, the Lord speaks to him. You have to understand at this moment, Cornelius is not saved. He's just a good man. A good man only. And he's doing the right thing only. And he and his household are doing that. And he's praying to a God that he doesn't have access to. Now since the time of Pentecost to now... It's believed it's been about eight years. A lot of times when we read stories or read the, the, the Scriptures in the book of Acts, we think it happened today and then tomorrow this happened. But there's a time span in there. And there's a growing time span in there. And there's a learning time span for the apostles and everyone here. In this time span, it was unlawful for a Jew to have company with the Gentile. I mean, it was against the law, their law. So if they were found, literally, a Jewish person eating with or going to someone's house or spending time with, with a Gentile, then, I mean, you literally were the outcast, you were kicked out, you were in trouble with the Jewish community, big time. So here's Cornelius. His family is that of the Italian band. It is not a Jewish community. It's not a Jewish heritage. And yet he's praying and he's seeking God and he's being faithful. And at this moment, God speaks to him. And I want you to, to know this. I, I have been in situations and times where I've got along with the Lord and I have literally heard him say things to me. Not visible or, I mean, the audible part in the room, but I have heard him say stuff to the point to where I knew that I knew that I knew that it was God speaking to me. Has anyone else ever been in that situation? God does speak to us today. He does hear us. He does see us. And we never are good enough for the, 
to hear the voice of God, but God does hear us. Some will even teach that, and some do teach, that God does not hear the prayer of a sinner. That's wrong. God does hear the prayer of a sinner because I was a sinner that went to an altar when I cried out to him and he changed me when I got up. I was a child of God. I was a sinner before I bowed and was a child of God after I stood up. Amen. You and I need to hear that. God does hear the cry of people. He does know what's going on around us. And there are times in each of our lives where he has hurt us. He's had compassion and he has drawn us. And just because we're not saved doesn't mean that God doesn't hear us. He does hear us. But the purpose of Him hearing us and and listening and and meeting with us is to draw us to Him. He's not a Santa Claus. He's a living God who's holy and righteous. And He's drawing men and women to Him. We know that. The Lord heard the prayers of Cornelius. The Bible said they came up to him as a memorial because he was devout. He did the right thing. Now, I need to say this too. You're never good enough for God to hear your prayer. You remember Jesus ministering to one of the rich young rulers or one of the people in the New Testament there and and. He said, I've observed all these things, and because Jesus was talking about the law. He said, I've observed them all since I was a youth. And then Jesus said, well, sell all that you have and give to the poor. Many times we think our goodness is what saves us. If you have never been born again and you think you're going to get to God based on your goodness, it will not happen. If you think you get to God based on your parents' heritage and their goodness, it won't happen. Each and every one of us must come the same way. We must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, bow our knee, bow our heart before Him, and confess that He is the Savior of the world and ask Him to come into our heart. If we don't do that, then we're not born again. That's not our way. That's the Scripture way. Amen? So God does hear the cry of people. People that I don't think He should hear the cry of. You ever had that thought? Huh? Oh, I know God doesn't hear you. You ever done that? If you say no, you haven't, then you're telling me a story. There's an altar right here. Because all of us have said, and sometimes we've even said, I hope you, hmm, right? We get so mad when somebody hits the water in the pothole and it splashes we get so mad (laughs) right so here was Cornelius he heard from God he had this vision and God is speaking so what does he do he sends two of his servants Cornelius was over about a hundred men he gets two servants and a devout Soldier, and I want to say this to us. You ever around a lot of people who complain? We tend to keep company with those that we're like. Oh me, I just just tricked you good time, big time on that one, didn't I? 
All we do is hear complaining. Guess what? Most of the time we're the one complaining too. We just don't think ours is a complaint. We have a legitimate statement. It's what we think. We tend to be around people like us, and we've, just, we've really said that. So here was Cornelius, a devout man. Guess what he had? A devout soldier. We disciple, whether we realize or not, people to be like us. We are around and we encourage people and say, well, I'm not in a disciple program. I'm not doing this thing or that thing. We are. We just don't realize it. We're all influencing and, and ministering or touching or reaching people around us no matter what. Always. So here he was. He then sends these servants and this soldier with them. That's about a 35-mile journey from where Cornelius is to where they're at. That's over like a 24-hour period of them traveling. They had to, that's a good distance there to get there. So the next day they get to where Simon Peter is. You've got to listen to this part too. Not only did the Lord send, uh, tell Cornelius what to do, but he told him where to send the people and who he was going to talk to. Wow. He told them where he was supposed to send them and who he was supposed to talk to. How did he know that Simon Peter, one of the apostles, were going to be at Simon the Tanner's house? He sent him. They go. The next day, as they're getting there, about the ninth hour, Simon Peter's up on the rooftop. They had flat roofs. He's on the rooftop. And as he's up there, he's praying, he's seeking the Lord, and he is hungry. And then he, Bible says he goes into a trance. Yesterday I worked, and as I was coming home, um, I hadn't eaten lunch, and it was in the afternoon around 4 now, so I was getting hungry. And I rode by Longhorn on my way home, and O'Charlie's, and Applebee's, and Ruby Tuesday's, I was right, and, and uh, Texas Roadhouse, and I could smell all that food. And you never really, you, when you smell that steak cooking, I'm telling you, if you thought you were hungry, you were really hungry by the time you left that area. So it's around noontime, they're preparing the meal, and Simon Peter's hungry. You know that he was smelling that food, because he's up top, and that stuff's there, and he goes into a, a trance. <laughs> and so what does he have a vision of? Food. And in that, what's with that particular vision? The Lord lets down three different times a sheet with clean and unclean animals in it. And he tells him to rise and kill and eat. And Simon Peter, being a good Jew who practiced what he was supposed to practice, said, not so, Lord. Because I am not supposed to eat that which is not clean. That's in verse 13. And as he does that, the Lord said, what I have cleansed, you are not to say is unclean. Up until this moment and this time, the Gentiles had not been able to receive the message of God. They heard of it on the day of Pentecost, but they themselves were not able to receive it. And God was demonstrating and speaking 
to literally the leadership of the early church and saying, it's time for man everywhere to hear my message. And so what did he do? As he's hearing that there, he hears the three men coming up. And as they come up, he then goes down and said, I'm the guy you're looking for. And as he goes in, he begins to communicate, and they tell the story. And that's when we find out that it's unlawful for him to come. And then he goes on, and he goes to Simon, I mean, to Cornelius' house, and what's waiting on him? His household, all of his servants, and everybody there. When was the last time you invited people over to your home? Said, here, come on over to the house. We got something we're going to eat. Love for you to come. But then, in doing so, you do it for the purpose to hear the message of the love of God. You know, we invite people over to watch a ball game. We invite them over to be a part of something else, to hear the race, or be whatever it is that we do. It's time for us as a body of believers to step out of where we are and invite someone into our home for the purpose of loving them and sharing with them the good news of Jesus Christ. We should reach out to people around us and love them. See, we, we've got to get to that place. You say, Pastor, I've had people in my life and I've been hurt. They've done this or they've done that. You and I need to throw away or discard that old stuff and reach out again and love people. We need to connect again with people. We need to connect with people all around us and not just invite your friends only. You can invite your friends to these things. And I'm not trying to start up home cell groups at this moment. But what I am saying is that you and I in a community of life, we need to reach out to people because people want to know that we care. They want to know that somebody loves them and somebody's willing to reach out and to embrace them and make them part of their life. That's what Cornelius did here. That's the awe and wonder. When he listened and he prayed and God sent the specific man at the right time to come to his house, the world was changed forever. How did they know that what happened in that chapter at that time would affect the entire world in the manner that it was? It has today. You can say, because I invite Billy Bob over, what does that mean? That means you don't know the effects of what's going to happen in his life and where it's going to go. You don't know the missionary, you don't know the pastor, you don't know the, the people in life that's going to be there, the doctor, the, the teacher, that's going to come out of that as a result of it, as a man or woman of God that God's going to use to change the world. We need to begin reaching out. And you say, Pastor, I'm not comfortable sharing those verses. I'm not comfortable with, with saying that to that family member or that moment. Invite a man or woman of God over who is. And allow them to help you share that moment. Invite someone over there that you have confidence in this, this a man or woman of God and invite them in that moment and say, Pastor or person or whoever you invited over, come. And as we do this, we just want to talk about this tonight. Would you help us do this tonight? And all of a sudden, when Simon Peter walks in the room, what happens? He begins to open his mouth and the entire house and the entire place changed.
because people were ready and anticipating the message of hope. They didn't have the hope. They knew about the hope. They knew that there was hope, but they themselves didn't have it. So what did they do? They reached out to someone that could bring them hope. And when he shared and began to open his mouth about Jesus and the gospel of the love of God and the love of God, all of a sudden that entire room was filled with the Holy Spirit. And men and women and children surrendered their life to the Lord. And men and women and children were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in that heavenly language that God gave. And then they left there and went and were baptized. Wow! Why? Because one man was willing to call out to God. God heard his prayer, connected with that moment, spoke to someone else about that, and God brought that together and changed the course of the world. I think about me and my life and the people around me and the times around me that that people have shared and spoken into my life and people have opened up their homes and people have done these things that at that right moment, that time where I was very high or very low in encouragement or discouragement, yet each time God had a voice and a word for me whenever I went to people's houses or places. Church, we want to change the world. We need to open up. We need to lay aside every weight and the weight is the past hurt. And every sin, the things that we know are not right in our own life, we need to lay it aside. Because if the Bible calls it sin, it is still sin today. Understand that. If the Bible calls it sin, it is still sin. It is not pleasing to God and we need to run from that. The Bible says we need to flee those youthful lusts. We need to get rid of it. We need to quit finding reasons to do the wrong thing and find ways to do the right thing. Amen? Oh, praise God, Pastor, you're preaching. I want you to know it's my last week at work. So for those who don't know, I will retire this coming Friday. So I need you to pray for me. I have an opportunity to go back and even do more after a month. If that's the Lord's plan, I want to be able to do that. If it's not, then I want to walk right away. This Friday, I think I'll have a shirt that says, guess what day it is, and on the back it'll say, last day. <laughs> but it's, it's time for us to quit holding on to things that have held us captive. Because that's the reason why we don't reach out. That's the reason why most of us don't do the things and say, here, and have our hands open for full embrace. We're seeing all the things that have been done to us, and God is lowering this sheet in front of us and said, look, I've cleansed you and freed you from all of that. Why are you still allowing that thing to control you and how you live? Because the way you're going to love people and reach people is just they come. Right? The way the world's going to be changed is just come. And at first you'll invite only those that are like you. Then you'll get brave and invite somebody who's not like you. And all of a sudden their story is going to be so powerful and God's going to change you. And you say, wow, I didn't know God was doing that in you. 
we believe the lie that only certain people can be changed, only certain people can be loved, and only certain people can be prayed for. And I have to stay in my lane. I have to stay in my group. That's not the case at all. Galatians tells us this. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. This is 328. There's neither male nor female, for ye all are one in Christ. Acts 10.34 tells us, And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. And there's so many more that we could look to and see. In this day and time of awe and wonder, for us to see it, it's going to happen in everyday life. It's going to happen in everyday generosity. As we begin doing that with people around us, all of a sudden we're going to see something happen and somebody's going to be changed and we're going to be in awe and wonder of what really took place. Because I'm telling you, if you're in your living room and someone bows their heart before the living God and accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's going to be one of the greatest moments and places in the history of your home. It's when someone bows their heart and calls on Jesus and they're saved. Church, I, I love us. I love you, and I love what God's done in you, and what He's doing in you, and, and where we've come from and to where we are. I mean, I am so excited. If you around the people that I work with and the people where I talk to on a daily basis, they know about Grace Ministries and what God's doing at Grace. Not because I'm the pastor, they know about you because of the work that God's doing in you. But not only that, I believe we've done well and got to where we are, but it's time for us to go here so that we can minister the love of God. It's not about church building. It's not about church growth. It's about us living and demonstrating Jesus Christ to our world. And when we do that, then people's lives are going to be changed. Quick example, the lady that Scott talked to didn't know that, but he, all of a sudden, we're going to pray for you. That lady's going to remember that. Wherever you are, when you speak that to somebody and you pray over somebody, it changes everything around them. Don't just invite them to your house, but take them to lunch. But guys, don't take some other man's wife to lunch, okay? And ladies, don't take somebody's husband to lunch. Amen? Or if you're married, don't take some single person to lunch like that. You know, just just cover all the little stuff and get it out of the way. Well, pastor said I could take them to lunch. That's the only thing that some people will hear sometimes, right? But it's time to lay aside, as I said, every weight and what's been done to us, or we've allowed, or what we've done in church world life, we got to lay that aside. And we got to be willing to see people. Because every one of us needs a Savior. And the only Savior is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So today, Jonathan, you'll come.
if you'll come. Today, I want to pray for you. I want to send you to the world you live in for you to be the ambassador of Jesus Christ to the world. So you can pray over somebody. You can reach out to somebody. You can, and you can say yes. And if they need a, a, you need a partner in the ministry to help you in a moment, in a time, in a place, I want to be a part of that as well. I want you to know that God has specifics for you. There'll be times it will be a specific place in a specific moment. And they may seem like months that will pass, but God is still calling and using you every day. He's setting the stage for the next moment. He's always preparing us for His next thing. He's always getting us ready. Cornelius was doing the right thing, and then God honored that right thing and literally changed the world by sending the, the gospel to His home. When you and I do the right thing, God's going to transform everything around us. Follow Him. Trust Him. Rely on Him. Speak His love. You can be current in this day and time and still live separate unto the kingdom of God. I believe that God has a plan and purpose and an appointment for each and every one of us every day, every week. I believe that every moment and every day we walk through the doors, there's something that's going to happen. God is transforming things around us all the time. It may seem ordinary, but God's transforming somebody around us. He's speaking every day. He's speaking every day, and He wants to speak in and through us to the people that you are around every day. So I think it's time for us to be sent forth to do the work of the the Lord. For us to understand that God has heard our prayer. He's touched our heart and He's wanting to move in us. And you can use this wonderful phrase that we use in the church world all the time, but pastor. No. God is saying, what I've cleansed, I've cleansed. What I've forgiven, I've forgiven. Whom I've touched, I've touched. And I've touched you. This isn't where you were or what you've done. This is who he is and wanting to move in us. Amen. Father, we ask that you speak to us now. Mm. We ask that you speak to us now, God. I need you to be open to that. I need you to be open to that. And I want to ask you to come. I've asked Brian to come and join me up here. I'm going to ask you to come and just come to one of us. And we're just simply going to put our hand on you and say, in the name of Jesus, God, send them to where you want them to go doing them what you want to do. That's what I'm going to pray over you. 
Anoint them for your kingdom, Lord God. That's what we want to do today, is pray that over you today. As you come, you just come through, and I'm going to pray over you. Brian's going to pray over you, and you just return right back to where you are. Very simple. I'm not going to be up here forever for 20 minutes on one and, and two seconds on another. We're just going to pray very simple. But God's going to hear, hear our prayer. Amen. You ready for this? I'm going to invite you to come. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father God, I anoint my sister today. Send her forth in the power of the Holy Spirit for your work in your kingdom. Amen.